0: and welcome to episode number six of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinman, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. How's it going, fellas? Hey, boys. How you doing? Glad to be here. Another great Friday
1: in La Raj. Uh, Ready to get rocking and rolling here. Here we go, everybody. Great to
0: be back. Uh, Can't wait to get going today, and let's do this. Things are going great. I mean, uh, the sports world is buzzing right now. We've got the The NHL playoffs in full swing. We got the NBA playoffs getting ready to kick off. Uh, Baseball's up and going. I know there's some hiccups going on with a few teams, especially your cards, Jr. Yeah, it's a tough one. one. Bubble
2: Sports is fantastic. There's literally sports on all day. It's amazing yeah you literally get out of bed make a coffee you're watching sports you have your last beer before you're going to bed that night you're still watching sports it's
0: awesome oh i love it and you know i don't notice any of the fan stuff like the fan stuff doesn't you know when they're like oh it's not going to be real because there aren't fans there i haven't noticed it at all as a a, somebody that's watching on the fan
2: stuff's only cool when you're an actual fan there like otherwise the
0: experience now on tv
2: is way better than actually unless you're actually there like I don't
1: know. And the boys and I were talking earlier tonight before we started about how funny it was in the MLB game with Bernie Lomax in the
3: stands. Oh my Absolutely. god! The cardboard cutout
0: to Bernie Lomax. That's what the best. a great one. That was that was iconic. Whoever put that. there. I kind
1: of wish there was an Andrew McCarthy with his arm around him
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and
0: Jonathan Silverman. And Jonathan. Silverman. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, due to fervent popular demand from our frenzied fans. We're taking on Penny Marshall's 1992 iconic ballpark classic, A League of Their Own.
3: This summer, Tom Hanks is managing the impossible, the Rockford Peaches. Missing the cutoff. Man, that's something that I would like you to work on before next season. Cause it's flash, flash, we're having a bash at the old game. <laughs> Got him! Columbia Pictures would like to take you out to the ball game for an all-star comedy. They'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well, then, this would be more, wouldn't it? The manager, Tom Hanks. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. The catcher, Gina Davis. What do you say we slip in the back seat? And you make a man out of me. We're we'll have smack you around for a while? Can't we do both? The pitcher, Lori Petty. I made it. I'm a Pete. A oh, Rockford Pete. The scout, John Lovitz. Are you coming? See how it works is. The train moves, not the station. And batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there were men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? A league of their own.
2: All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any
3: of this helps, believe me. Directed by Penny Marshall. All right,
0: well, sorry for that really corny trailer. That like, was the worst trailer I think I've
1: ever heard. It <laughs> A little rough.
0: I honestly looked around on YouTube today for multiple different trailers, and, and that, that was it. That was the actual official trailer that they had for this movie. Yikes. And it's brutal. Like, that's one of the worst trailers from some of the misogynistic like girls can't play baseball annoying stuff at the beginning to like just the corniness of it it's just very hokey yeah very hokey very i don't know who put together this trailer but uh, maybe they lost out on the budget there but that was horrific horrific trailer anyways uh you guys know the routine it's time for our brew review
3: beer here beer here or ich fall your head ice cold beer yeah
2: what do we got in the cooler today web well boys given that it's a baseball movie again we're going to do a little double uh double duty action today we're going to have a uh, double header so to speak so we're going to travel down the 401 to our uh, good friends at left field brewery in toronto at leslieville founded in 2013 by husband and wife mark and mandy murphy they have a passion for beer and baseball so we thought we'd uh get started with some of those so the first one we're going to get into is uh, the Greenwood IPA it's pretty much one of their go-to staple beers you can get it pretty much year-round it's a bright juicy nod to the hazy beers of the green mountains that contribute to that neighborhood Uh, it's filled with ripe peaches orange and pineapple flavors given that we're reviewing the Rockford peaches I thought it was a good fit
1: well done the second
2: beer we're going to get into is called the Gigante which is Uh, apparently the nickname of Jose Altuve. So I figured seeing how Major League Baseball isn't going to punish the Astros and Jose Altuve, we (laughs) would punish the little bastard. And so we're going to hammer one of those down too. Uh, check out Leftfield Brewery at leftfieldbrewery.ca. You can follow them on Twitter at LF Brewery or on Instagram at Leftfield Brewery. They always have some great uh, content there, so go on and check them out. They also have a beer out right now that you're going to hear us uh, do a review on later on in another episode. Uh, you'll probably be able to figure it out. But they also have a beer that uh, for this particular movie called The Dottie. Uh, and unfortunately, nice. they don't have it in production at the moment, so we weren't able to get it. Um, so, shout out to uh, Cousin M and Cousin Alex, who uh, always take us to left field before your, uh, a Jays game. It's always a lot of fun. Been there a few times. So, uh, give them a visit next time you're there on the way through to the Jays game and uh, give them a follow. All right, boys. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers.
0: I like that. That's an IPA. It's a 6.3. It's got a, it's got a nice malty flavor with a nice uh, subtle um, it's not too strong for an IPA as as far as the hops go. I'm I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. that one. That's a good. That's a good summer beer.
1: You know what that is? That's refreshing. It is. That's a refreshing beer. It's uh, much different than I thought it was going to taste, and I gotta say, I really like this one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a solid. It's a solid IPA. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of in the similar vein with all the citrus flavors of your detours and of your um the what's the one that spearhead's got the fours it's kind of that similar tropical kind of flavor um but it's nice the the higher alcohol content i think is what you're you're expecting something a little bit more to knock you on your ass but it doesn't have that taste whatsoever so a few of them will definitely catch up to you and you'll be uh maybe get going to the bullpen a little early for them but uh you know you, you could definitely get into these
1: ones i like them I can see how Jamer this, this one would be good at the ballpark. It,
0: it would be. You know, it reminds me of our trip down to Syracuse when we watched uh, Vladi and the Buffalo Bisons play the Syracuse. Uh, what are they called? The Chiefs now? Sky not, Chiefs? Uh, the
1: Syracuse. Oh. They're not the Sky Chiefs. They were team. the Mets. Far, no, they were the, were they the Mets. Na- farm Mets team? and Nationals. They were the Nats. They were Nationals. split. They yeah, were the was Something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I remember that we had a couple of beers. It was a uh, craft beer night there. Uh, good deal there. 20 bucks for right. your ticket great and two there, two yeah. Tallboy craft beers. What a, what a great deal. Love minor league baseball. But it uh, does remind me of a couple of beers we had at that one.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, guys, I'm going to go ahead and put a ranking on this one. I'm ready. All right. Go for
0: it. Webb, I'm going to
1: go on this one. I'm going to go 7-2. This isn't the sevens for me. It's out of yeah. the sixes. This is a clear in the sevens for me. Yeah. i'm gonna
0: yeah. i agree with you jr i'm gonna take it a little higher this is a really good beer for me i'm going uh it's it's a it's a 6.3 but it take it you don't take it it's not too malty you know what i mean like yeah. it's not overpowering like like a mad tom or something like that
3: yeah, oh, yeah.
0: uh it's very smooth it's got a nice balance of uh, hop, uh like citrus hops and uh and uh flavors so i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a 7.8 i'm going high
2: Wow. Wow. 7.8. Seven. Good for you. A good score. It's a beer that'll catch up with you a little bit if you're, if you're not careful. So you gotta, you gotta pace yourself, you know, make sure you're calling a good game from behind home plate. Another cliche. <laughs> Let's just keep tallying those yeah. ones up.
3: Ching. And, uh, ching, ching.
2: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the next day, the hangover is not so bad uh, if you have a few too many. So I would go as high as, yeah, seven five, seven six. Yep. It's definitely in the sevens for me.
0: All right. So today, as we mentioned, we're, we're doing a, a league of their own. It was directed by Penny Marshall. The screenplay was done by Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel. How about that name? Babalu Mandel. Ooh. Anyway. Well said. Uh, re- it was released in 1992 by Columbia Pictures. It got a 73% rating on IMDb and a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. had a budget of $40 million and achieved $132 million at the box office. So wow. Definitely a massive success. Uh, the music was done by Hans Zimmer and starring Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, Madonna, and Lori Petty. A quick synopsis here. A League of Their Own is based on the true story of a girls' professional baseball league that was started during the apex of World War II. As the men are off fighting in World War II, the American people were starved for baseball. Candy Bar King Walter Harvey and his top salesman Ira Lowenstein step up to create All-American Girls' Professional Baseball League. Women from all over the country leave the farms and the factories to pick up gloves and bats to to fill the void. Highlighted by the tale of two sisters, Dottie Hinson and Kit Keller, who join a ragtag group of ballplayers managed by the legendary slugger-turned-fall-down-drunk Jimmy Dugan, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League begins its maiden voyage into the hearts of middle Americans. Let's jump into our character review, boys, and let's start off with uh, the Queen of Diamonds, Dottie Hinson, played by Gina Davis
1: uh just an absolute fantastic athlete she's a leader there's no question about that from this girl she is i have a class uh leader competitor i put her down as you know the alpha of a team you've heard me say alpha before she's the alpha of a team and i say this because the conversation she has with jimmy dugan only the best player on your team can have conversations like that with a coach
0: like that that's your captain and your coach
1: that's the captain She's the odd Yad, Yadi Molina, so to speak, of this team. Webb. Second, to everything you said there. fantastic. The other
2: thing that I think is kind of interesting about her she's also the uh, prototypical older sibling, right? Mm. she She looks out for Kit the whole time, she makes sure she's okay, she gets her shot. But at the same time, she's also the older sibling, and she's going to try and keep her in line a little bit, right? She's going to, to make sure she wins the race to the barn. She's going to make sure that she's looking out for her and suds, like all those little things. So, yeah, she's just – she's your prototypical – the one thing I – the one knock I would have against her is that maybe she uh, seems like she's given up on her dream. Like the, the whole – I'm not buying the whole, oh, it's really not that important to me baseball shtick. Like, I don't know. I – I think it's more way more important than she obviously says it is. So She liked
1: people noticing her at the end. Yes. She loved
0: it. Everyone would. Wouldn't you, you not? You don't get to be that good at something without having that drive. For sure. You know what I mean? Like there's you yeah. you can't be that good at something without the drive that pushes you to be the best. Well, there's a couple scenes where Jimmy Dugan is trying to pull that out of her and he's like you know this drives you. You know you have this deep within you. I can't remember the quote. I'm not yeah. going to try and butcher it right now. But he's basically saying to her like, hey, I've, I've been there too. I've been really, I've been the top of the game too. I know what I know what drives top players to be there. He knows it's within her. And you can even see in her like nervousness around that whole piece that she knows it's there. But think about the times, right? Mm-hmm. Women were supposed to be tending to the men coming back from war. That was supposed to be their priority, right? Yep. Uh, so she, I think she's always had an inner struggle with that. And I think that there was that whole inner struggle at the start of the movie when she's older, Dottie. There's that whole push and pull of where she probably has some deep down resentment about not carrying through with that. And not wanting to go back and see everyone that went yeah. and played a bunch of more years, right? And they're all tight and they're all having that. F- they all had those fun times. She would have that feeling of like, I missed out on some of that going back to this reunion, right?
1: You know where you see some of that competitiveness, too, is the, I think it was the last, very last championship game, Betty Spaghetti or whatever's warming up, or what the pitcher, whoever it is, I forget who it is, is warming up, and he's, uh, Jimmy Dugan's given to the catcher, like, how's she doing? Tell me if she knows or whatever, and then yeah. the catcher's not acknowledging, and then she pops up and flips her mask off. Yeah. You can see, that's like, I am the best. I came back. You knew yeah, she was coming back. She was going to come back. The one thing I
2: will say is that, given all this stuff you guys said, perfect position anyways. You know the catcher is obviously the captain on the field most times, uh, despite Derek Jeter's nickname. Um, <laughs> you're gonna put you're gonna put uh, put them at catcher. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: The older baseball movies always center around the catcher. You think about it; it's like Major League. Jake Taylor's the captain. Mm-hmm. Bull Durham, Crash, Crash Davis is the yeah. captain, right? Mm-hmm. That's how teams were always built. You know, you had Thurman Munson with the Yankees. You had those guys that were the leaders, right? Hamilton and, Porter yeah absolutely the (laughs) The great ham 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 Hambino, exactly it you know what i think and that's one thing that's gotten lost in today's game i think to an extent i mean you have yadi he's clearly the the heart and soul of the cardinals yeah but who's one of the flagship organizations in the majors the cardinals cardinals they're built around a catcher uh when the royals won like Salvador Perez was kind of the heart and soul of that team.
1: You don't have Georgie Posada anymore. You don't have Jason Veritex anymore. Pudge. No,
0: I find a lot of organizations are building it around like, other marquee players. Like, well, they're
1: building in their infield.
2: I mean, the Jays are a perfect example. Or yep. they're starting arms, right? Yeah. Or, given the Kansas City model, the bullpens. Yeah.
0: yeah. You're, seeing a, you're seeing kind of a branch off now of like they're trying to find different ways to build a team around different aspects of your lineup and i find there's a lot of gms that are mm-hmm. trying to make a name for themselves in that sense if you really look at success the red Sox had veritech when they won their championship with theo epstein you know what i mean like the, these teams have had extremely good catchers you build
1: your team in the middle
0: you build it through the middle you build it through shortstop to center field but would, to you, would you
2: think that too like I, I was trying to think in my head now like who is there? A, like a superstar catcher in the league right now? I'm thinking the guy, like the big name for me, is either Yachty or yep. uh, what's the guy, Buster out in uh, Posey. Posey. and those guys are both getting older, right? That's what I mean. So who's who? Who's the
0: the next big catcher? You know who I like? I like the guy. Big and, name uh, catcher. I like Contreras and uh, you say the Cubs. Contreras. And the Cubs. And he's he's a stud, but
2: is he a household
0: name? That's a big that's what part I mean. of their success. I, it's, it's hard in to
2: and think around
1: Chicago. He would yeah, be, he would. But, but like you think of like
2: us. Posada as a household name. Pretty much everybody knows who Passano was. You're right. Like there's nobody. Yeah. Even Pudge Rodriguez, right? Like he was one of not only the best catcher, but he was also one of the best players in the major leagues. You're right. You're right. The
0: catcher position, it doesn't feel like there's... such a hard position to master because you got to call a good game. You got to do all that stuff. There's too many variables to make you good or bad at it. There's a lot of moving
2: parts to be. And as a
0: manager, you want your catcher their primary focus on calling a game, catching a game. So hitting. Is always a secondary focus. You want them to be able to hit; it'd be great. It's a bonus, but it's definitely not the priority. No. So not. when you can have a guy that can do all of it, like Pudge could do, like Johnny Bench, those guys, like that's insane, right? So that's
1: where like a character like Dottie comes into play. Dottie she can mash and catch. Yeah, she's like,
0: the ultimate.
1: She's the full package. She's the best player in the league. If you have a catcher who can play every day, which she did, and hit the way she did. You are the best, hands down. And the girl said that at the end. She's the best player in the league. She is the best player in the league.
0: Yeah. Your team has such an advantage when you have that. And her, like, pop to throw to second was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. I saw her throw to second. I was like, her pop's pretty good. She comes out very well. So, So one of the cool
0: things I liked about Gina Davis, too, is she's really tall. She's six feet tall. So, you talked about it before, JR, uh, when we were talking about Bull Durham. You just thought that you know Kevin Costner was kind of small to be a dominant catcher. I mean, there have been guys like Pudge was five eleven or yeah, something. Of you know, like, they, it happens. But nowadays, prototypical catcher, and I know this is an older film. Like, and we're we're talking about a different era. But like, she was imposing. Absolutely, she was an imposing player. And like Gina Davis, apparently, like she didn't really have Penny. Uh, Penny Marshall, the director, really wanted to have actresses that could were athletic and that could play baseball. So they actually brought in two thousand actresses to try out for roles and for this film, and Gina Davis actually didn't have a background in baseball. She didn't really play it, but she's such an in really good athlete. She's like she was a- an Olympic. She's athletic. She's an
1: Olympian archer.
0: One of the things I thought she had too is that look. Remember when she comes striding to the plate in that final game? She's got that intimidating look. She's staring down the pitcher. I thought she looks the part. Like she's she's got that scowl she 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 looks like an intimidating figure coming to the plate like i thought she really nailed that let's (laughs) let's jump to kit keller who's played by laurie petty
1: i had her as a person who needed to get out of her hometown Dottie was okay being in oregon kit needed out and she was in the shadow of her sister she was athletic she was a gamer she didn't have the skill of her older sister but she had a will to succeed and she was always that little bit of an underdog person, Web. where I looked at her and I was like, this person's kind of one of those people who wants to do better. But she's like, me, me, me. Don't forget about me. And you were always like person attached to Dottie, so to speak. And her sister was the come along.
2: Yeah. I 100% agree with everything you said. And that's why I have a hard the, – the me, me, me part especially. That's why I had a hard time really kind of uh... – I'll say, enjoying this character. I don't know if that's the right term. I found her annoying. She wasn't annoying. Um, I mean, Laurie Petty, great job playing her. I find Laurie Petty and everything I've ever seen her do is an annoying person. Just her, the way she speaks, her tone of voice, everything about her, I find annoying. Um, but she, I mean, she played the part well. Again, maybe this is because I'm the older sibling in my family. I don't know, but... The just the it seems like the typical younger sibling of like hey look at me look at me look at me like I don't know
0: no I agree and it's funny Jazz actually says I, I put the movie on the other night and I was like oh do you want to watch the movie with me and she's like no I can't she goes I actually the movie's good I can't stand Laurie Petty and as Kit yeah like, like Kit Tank girl like I I was trying to think she's in
2: Orange is the New Black as she, like the what? crazy the crazy yeah. one she, she she
0: bugs me in a lot of the things she's yeah. in she she bugs me in uh, Point Point Break. That yeah, well, yeah mm-hmm. I yeah, her guy. Totally she didn't that. fit the role in Point Break for me, but I, I think she did an awesome job in this role. I think Laurie Petty did an awesome job. That and you know bit. what? From what I saw, if that was her, she looked like a pretty good baseball player too. I've got something that I'll, I'll touch on later when okay. we get into it. But very good pickup. Let's move on to Jimmy Dugan, played by Tom Hanks. Ah, uh,
1: maybe <laughs> the best. <laughs>
0: one of the best.
1: <laughs> Is he not one of the best?
0: One of the best roles in a sports movie for me. <laughs>
1: I, when he plants a kiss on myth, Mrs. Cuthbert or whatever he is, and said, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz, this it, guy is classic 1930s, 40s, 20s, whatever era you want to call it, before modern times, baseball player. This guy's a ball player from back in the day. Between the dip, the urination that took two minutes, and Madonna's timing it, I'm like, this guy's a real old classic school ball player. He may have stole the show with Tom Hanks on this one. Like his voice, his actions, the chew, the his body language, the way he moved around with the sore knee—you're like, this is an old banged-up baseball player Nailed with it. an alcohol problem. This yeah. is Jimmy Fox, essentially. I yeah, don't know.
2: I mean, Nailed Tom it. Tom Hanks. You can't say anything negative about Tom Hanks. What's cool about this particular role for Tom Hanks, in my opinion, anyways, is that. He gets to be a little bit more, uh, I'll say comedic, like intentionally mm-hmm. comedic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gets to play the kind of like the drunk idiot basically, but with a good heart, it was perfectly cast. I think if, if they were looking to highlight the baseball aspect of and especially the, like the woman's piece of baseball, I don't know if casting him was the best decision in that case. Like, cause you're right. I think he did steal the show in a little bit, a lot of the scenes actually. And so, uh, You know, maybe they should have went with somebody a little less name brand at that point. But uh, I don't know. He just did such a great job. It's hard to say anything bad about him. He's pre Forrest Gump, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, you guys nailed it. Um, The funny thing is, uh, Penny Marshall also directed Big. Um, they they enjoy working together They've done a few things together actually I, d- I just think he nailed everything in this role Nothing more I can really Well the thing with. he does really well
2: Is that he's so fall. He's supposed to be this fall down drunk guy Right but like Tom Hanks is such an affable Lovable guy to begin with That like you're totally endeared to him And you're like oh yeah like oh shucks Like yeah. you just oh Tommy It's okay like you love him
1: And at the same time Webb you can tell like he, His character though knows baseball yeah. The scene where he's out taking pitches out the pitching machine, you're like, this guy can hit. He did decent then, swing. I had a note swing. on that, yeah. And then when he kind of wakes up out of his stupor and Gina Davis is calling signs, and he's like, no, 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 no. Our best hitter is Marla Hooch is coming up, and he's like, no, 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 no. And then he flips a sign, and then she's like, you do this. That was one of those scenes where you're like, yeah. this guy knows what he's doing.
0: Oh, the one thing I was going to mention about uh, Tom Hanks in this one, Jimmy Dugan, was uh, the scene where he, come, where he walks by, and Betty Spaghetti hands him the baseball card to sign. So it's clearly it's probably his rookie card. <laughs> and he, he rips it up. Yeah. I remember thinking at that time, even the first time I watched it being like, oh my God, that card would be so... Knowing what we know about baseball cards now, a signed, like, essentially like Mickey Mantle rookie yeah. card or something, how much money that would be worth. I remember thinking like, this girl's husband's going to come back from the war and kill her. Like she's done. <laughs> and, and then part of me later on when I found out, like when they were wa- he was walking with that telegram... They found out from the war department. Yeah. Mm-hmm. when it, I, I had a sign of relief come over me when it was Betty Spaghetti's husband. Because I'm like, oh, God, thank God, now he won't kill her. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's jump into All the Way, May, Morto Abito. I'm going to jump in first, here Yeah, go hey, ahead. My Madonna.
2: I hate this character.
0: I hate this character.
2: I hate Madonna. I I find her so ridiculously. Uh, she can dance. I love the scene in Suds. She yeah. can dance. She can dance. Uh, but dance. honestly, she I find she offers nothing in the way of anything good in this movie. Like I, I could have done without her. The story would have been just as good without her, in my opinion. So I'm gonna
1: concede my airtime. Go. See, I liked her. Yep. I thought she was a great character. I liked her too. I thought she was important. I thought she helped bring some legitimacy to the show i I thought with madonna you have like another star out on the field and you know who she is but like the whole brooklyn like new york city like that her and rosie o'donnell's character like you you have some new york city people and they're hard i love when she showed uh what's her name baker how to read with the dirty book that's pure madonna to me i'm like yep that's madonna coming shining through some of her plays uh a 375 triple no, I don't believe that. Ooh, yeah, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I disagree with that. But I thought as a character, I thought she did a really good job.
0: Yeah. I think every team needs uh, somebody that's going to organize the shakers. Yeah, she, you need... She's, she's, a a glo- glo- she's a glue she's girl. A glue she's girl. a glue girl. Yeah. Glue gal. Glue gal. I just found
2: it was so over the top. Like the whole promiscuous girl. It was just...
0: It was so uh, cliche given that it's Madonna. She's a taxi dancer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to doris murphy played by rosie o'donnell rosie o'donnell
1: um not a huge fan of rosie o'donnell i thought this was by far the best i've ever seen rosie o'donnell do anything i have to tip my cap to her she did a really good job in this role she was believable her again like that new york style and she looked like a ball player and she played like a ball player and i think she looked she was pretty good and think she could play a little bit yep. and uh definitely was a believable character, and her way that she chirps basically is very baseball like to me. Yeah. And She's very natural in that. I thought she was great too. And I could tell her and Madonna must be friends in real life. I think they're pretty tight. There has to be something because they. There's got to be some kind of New York connection. Their they, chemistry. They actually pretty good.
0: did. The, the funny thing was is that uh, Rosie O'Donnell, she actually didn't know Madonna. She knew of her, obviously, mm-hmm. but she'd never met her, and she was nervous about taking the role on, knowing that she was going to have a lot of scenes with Madonna. Really, but apparently they got along like you know because their chemistry was great. Their chemistry was awesome, and apparently they yeah. picked up and became pretty quick friends during the shooting of this. So yeah, I, their their chemistry on screen was amazing.
1: Yeah, not her huge. Fan. I like the Staten Island jersey she wore to the yeah. Yeah, I picked that up uh, well, too. Wrigley Field or whatever it's called. I think yeah chocolate bar guy or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. I, what's it Harvey called? Bars. Harvey Bar. Yeah, Harvey, Harvey Field or whatever. But yeah. I liked how she had the Staten Island jersey on. I thought that was pretty cool. I but, thought she did a great job. She she's a good
2: character. I
0: she's,
1: liked
2: her. Yeah, she's a good character. She's believable, yeah. 100%. She can play a little bit for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I don't... Like, I think she... Yeah, she definitely would have brought that, that New York
0: piece really, really well. Just the accent alone, right? She's a good comedian. Like, back in the day, like, some yeah. of her old comedy is really good. She's <clears> got <throat> some funny stuff. Uh, let's jump on to Ira Lowenstein, played by David Stratham. Ira. At first, I thought him, I saw him, sorry.
1: I thought he was a little bit greasy. And I was like, this guy seems like a greasy character. Then, as I got to watch the show, I was like, okay, you're a little bit more ambitious than I thought. And there's a little bit more to him. I didn't yep. think there was much depth at the start of this guy. I thought he was just kind of doing a service for Harvey, and such is life. He was just a minion for Harvey, aka Wrigley. But yep. at the time,
0: He's the heart and soul of the league, really.
1: Now he becomes, exactly, he becomes the heart and soul of this league and he really wants to push it. So as the show went on, I actually learned to really like him. Mm -hmm. But at the start, I didn't have a lot of time for
3: that guy. We
0: had a couple lines early on where you're like, ah, it's a bit, you know, he's got Mm -hmm. that misogynistic. Exactly. You know, he's got the, well, if you can't play ball in this, you don't play ball at all. There's all these girls that would trade their bus ticket for that uniform any day. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then as it goes on, you see he's advocating for these girls, advocating for this league. He's, he's really the one that kept it going. And then I think at the, near the end of it, the older Doris indicates that when she says he should be the one cutting the ribbon. Which I thought was weird because he seemed older. And how did he outlive everyone and still look better than like some – anyway.
3: <laughs> it's true. He <laughs>
0: aged really well. He's got a hell of a moisturizer yeah <laughs> has got the thermologic- <laughs> head of hair yeah he's been in a lot of films like actually he was everything. in a, he was in another really good baseball movie Eight men out he played yes. uh I forget the the pitcher that he played in that Wait, is it Hoyt Wilhelm no, no. He, he was one of the guys on the white on the Black sox or whatever the white sox um but yeah he I can't remember the name of the pitcher he was the guy that kind of had a moral compass in that movie. He's, he didn't he'd want yeah, to throw it's it it's been a while since
1: so i've seen that so. saying, I,
0: it's a good film that'll I, be a, that'll be coming up at some point
2: when i saw it, i just finished or you're watching the sopranos mm-hmm. he's the guidance counselor for aj oh and the yeah sopranos. that's right but he's also the husband in uh, uh a river wild or whatever that meryl street meryl street movie oh, yeah. that's the other one i was thinking yeah that's of. the yeah. one i
0: always remember him from yeah he was good in that one too um let's talk about some of the other characters did anybody pop up for you I, I got one in mine, but let's see what Webb's got. I think uh, Webb's got one.
2: Mine is going to be uh, The Annoying Man, a.k.a. Jay Sherman, a.k.a. Mr. John Lovitz. Uh, yes. What's his name? Ernie in this? Like, Ernie Capadino. Ernie Cappadino. Ernie, Ernie I when we get to the, the favorite quotes, uh, all of mine are John Lovitz in this movie. I love everything about him in this movie. This was a perfect role for him. Uh, I would have loved to see about another hour more of him to be quite honest, like he is hilarious. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite things is like, Hey, cowgirl, see the grass. Don't eat it. Like just little off the cuff remarks like that. He's just so dry. Uh, and he's, he's critical to the, the movie, right? Cause he discovers that essentially the three best players in the league or the three most notable. Anyways. Uh, I, agree.
1: I had, uh, obviously Marla, Marla's the up Marla, there. the Marla Hooch. And the whole Nelson thing, where she's singing karaoke to Nelson, singing Nelson, Nelson, and then when uh, they see her years later at the thing, I'm like how's Nelson, and you're like, that's the best that they got there. I love that's it. It's great that they laughed, and uh, her whole ability to hit. What I find interesting, like in Colorado Springs with Marla, is that. Her dad's like, "Yeah, we need to find a place to get her out of here." I'm like, "Colorado Springs is not the worst place in the world." Or no, sorry, they uh, were in Springs. Fort, Fort Collins, Collins, Fort Collins. Collins. Yeah,
0: I used to play in Fort Collins. They, the Colorado Eagles play yeah. there. Not yeah. a bad place. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah.
1: sorry, Fort Collins, just like, outside of
0: Denver. It's I was like,
1: far. "This is an okay place to live." But yeah. and she's just mashing balls all yeah. over the place. She was great. A lot what of a pop hitter from
2: the left hand side of the plate. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, way great from the left hand side. Unbelievable character. I, I thought she was just an awesome character to have in there. I
0: have a, I got to give a shout out to my boy Stillwell Angel for his uh, agitation oh. skills. He got under the skin of the guys and got them, other uh, girls, and then and uh, Jimmy Dugan to get them going. Stillwell is
1: Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> oh nice catch
2: good JR. JR. I noticed that. I well like, played Francis. did you notice you're the first baseman for the uh
0: Yes, leone yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done i did pick that one up all right boys uh let's jump into our realism review was the movie realistic did it do justice to the sport they did a really good job of making like the dirt the
1: dust the sounds the realness the sound of the cleats Things like that—the stuff caught in your cleats—that's real. Stuff gets caught in your cleats. This thing, little things like that, and ball. Stillwell's chocolate bar. Stinwell's chocolate bar. Jimmy, like dipping. You have all those things. That's very, very real, and you the hear that all the time. The
0: uniforms were authentic, so those ones yes. that were the actual ones that that they had. Well, not not the actual ones that they wore, mm. but like they were modeled exactly off of the ones that they wore during the the actual inaugural league. And as we mentioned before, this was based on an actual league. Yeah. that ran from 1943 onwards through... The, into the uh, 50s, the mid-50s? Yeah, it was into the 50s, so it had a pretty good run there. Um, you know, there was a lot of realism in that, and uh, Penny Marshall, actually, the fact that... And there's been a few directors with sports movies that want to get... They'd rather have actors that can play rather mm-hmm. than just actors that they can, you know stunt double and do things with so i thought that there was some realism in that some of the scenes were pretty good (laughs) apparently when they were sliding into the bases and stuff like that and when they were getting injuries and they remember they showed the yeah big strawberry the big strawberry on uh alice whoever it was girl from saskatchewan yeah that's right there you go um that's that's legit apparently she still had that uh markings from that bruise a year later that, 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 that's what I read on one article. Well, if you wear
1: uniforms like that, I believe it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you're no wearing pads. skirts going into bases. Uh, they brought out a slip and slide to help the girls prepare for sliding. That's but apparently the first three girls that went through the slip and slide got a concussion. So they canceled that and came up with a different uh, way to teach them how to slide properly. So, uh, But they, they, yeah, there was a lot of realism that went into it. A lot of the scenes where they're playing baseball, apparently Penny Marshall just had them play games and and they took select clips out of it to put together some of those montage scenes that you saw one of the things that i had a note about that was unrealistic to me was it was in the final game it was one of the racine batters uh took a really difficult low on outside pitch the opposite field and all the way may tracked it down at the 410 sign i'm like uh i don't think that they're going to be able to hit lone away pitch 410 on a very difficult pitch in the opposite
1: league. field with a wooden bat well, in the, 1943. So, with a dead ball era, with a so
2: dead ball, no, it's not happening. That's a good segue into okay. So, I, here's what I liked about the realism piece of the movie. So, uh, putting Dottie in the third hole in the lineup, that's pretty accurate, right? You're gonna put your best overall hitter in the third hole, always with Marla, especially being the probably the best hitter on the team, batting cleanup behind her to protect her hundred percent uh in the last game Dottie has pretty much the the textbook rbi hit right up the middle uh which you would be taught to do like try and go right up the middle right um so it's pretty over the second base head textbook baseball play loved it uh the beginning of the movie when the girls get uh, scouted when they're playing for that dairy team did you notice they're playing fast pitch like windmill
1: yeah. yeah. And yeah. I
2: was like, how is that trans So that I just kind of thought was interesting. Um, and then the other thing I thought was kind of weird, would Jimmy not have had to submit the lineup card earlier than that? Dottie's showing up and she's already playing catch. The, the lineup card you would think would be in already.
1: You bring the lineup card up right when you have the meeting with the umpire. Okay. Right before so, first pitch. Yeah. Okay. You are, well,
3: so he had is- some wiggle room. Yeah.
1: He may have. Okay. That's awful tight, though. Yeah. Webb. you make a really
0: good point. Okay, there.
1: Good point. you probably want to announce yourself prior to that to tell coach, like, "Hey, I am here." By the way, yeah. I think that's a really good point. Well,
0: she turned around to Yosemite Park. He's turned around to Yosemite, yeah.
1: which is what that, that Cal, like some Cal, wherever that is, California or something. I don't know where it is. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the Midwest.
2: Yeah, I don't biggest. Know where it is, okay, but biggest. Biggest. But so biggest. biggest cl- climb the Dawn Wall there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> biggest issue: kits inside the park. Home run. All right, Evelyn, are you not? If you're managing, no the doubles. Boxers, you're playing no no doubles. exactly. No doubles How is anything getting over her head
0: and getting into inside the park home run? I think Stillwell was doing something weird in the dugout. Oh she my was, Lord. She was distracted. <laughs> she
2: and she hit the cutoff man. Finally, finally. Like, you know, come uh, on! It, That's a full-on Dottie. Let that drop intentionally. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right.
1: That's a no doubles defense.
2: That's it's not happening. It's, it's no just doubles. Not defense. realistic. That's it's a baseball one on,
0: After that game. They're telling Evelyn that they're going to a different bar. She's not hundred <laughs> percent. You know, what we're I mean? going to Bar A. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're we're not, not we're going. Evelyn, the... you're not going to Suds. You just lost <laughs> it for us. <laughs> yeah,
3: lost the No
1: Doubles sub. defense is a really good point. Yeah. I, I made a yeah. note of that too, Web. I was like, yeah, I it, don't know any manager worth their salt is going to tell you it's No Doubles defense at this point. Nothing gets in
0: and behind. Back so. to your point, Webb, about um, the fast pitch to, to hardball. Yeah. So apparently, and this was interesting. I thought. So, uh, I don't know the size of a softball compared to a hardball, but apparently for this league, in the the real thing, they didn't depict this in the movie, but they used a hybrid ball that was in between a hardball and a softball, Hmm. and they actually did pitch overhand. Or no, sorry, no. They they did pitch underhand, and they actually moved it up closer than the sixty feet. I think it was in between the sixty feet and the forty feet that they have for for softball. So it was kind of like an in between. But they did, the they did they did actually throw something. underhand at least in the first year. Okay, so you were right about that. Like how that's a little bit different because uh, Jr. I know when you were coaching uh, baseball, you had a few like stud fastball. players. Players come and play for you at Queens, and you said it was a really big challenge for them to go from fast pitch it to is. hard ball because it's a different trajectory. You can have a rise pitch and fastball, and you, and the ball's coming at a different plane and, and hardball. hard
1: ball. The big difference for those guys was it wasn't the speed. They're fine with the speed. Yeah, they're they're good. It is the break of it. So mm-hmm. again, yeah, fast sense. pitch people might say something to me, but the going what I to best of my knowledge is of not being a fast pitch player is. Usually in fast pitch, you're worried about the ball going up. In hardball, you're worried about the ball going down. Yeah, so those down sense. and away pitches to fast pitch guys were a problem. Yeah. Whereas if you're – I only played about five games of fast pitch in my life, and the ball breaking up, to me, oh. it was a whole new world. I'm like, what is happening? It's not the speed. You're okay with the speed. The bats are light. You can figure it out. Yeah. It's the break of up, and you're like, what is going on? This ball is flying up on me, which I'm used to down and away, so to speak. So – that idea of yeah they they started down with the windmill and they worked their way to over it's a good point
0: and uh, you guys, if you guys remember this week in baseball when they had Jenny Finch on and she used to do a yeah. segment where she'd interview like a top oh, yeah, player that's right. yeah. so they had like A-Rod, Pujols a bunch of those guys on and she interviewed and, and she would always pitch them and they couldn't hit her and that was the big thing was that and I read it about it in David Epstein's books there's a whole segment on about like trajectory and where your brain is already kind of making up Decisions on the trajectory of the ball. Yeah. so it's it's muscle memory, right? Well, it's a split second, right? Exactly So now let's jump into some quotes. There are just so many great quotes in this one. I'm gonna play a little clip for everyone
1: Wait, you're going? Ah, Dry your eyes. Yeah, I'm just going home grab a shower and a shave give the wife a little pickle tickle, and I'm on my way
3: If we paid you a little bit more Jimmy,
2: could you be just a little more disgusting?
1: Well, I could certainly use the money Let's play hard. Let's play smart
3: Use your head. That's that lump three feet above our ass, right, Jimmy? <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball.
2: Baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. You can't deny that. It just got too hard.
3: It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it hard is what makes it great.
1: See how it works
0: is, the train moves, not the station. Thanks for the ride, kid.
3: What's your rush, doll, buddy? <laughs> do you say we slip in the back seat and you make a man out of me? What if say I smack you around for a while? Can't we do both?
1: <laughs> you know, if I had your job, I'd kill myself. I Sit here, I'll see if I can dig up a pistol. Yeah. Can
3: you send my baseball? Sure. There. Wow avoid the clap Jimmy Dugan
0: so there there's a kind of a clip of some of the iconic quotes in the movie are there any ones that kind of stood out for you guys that you want to touch on
1: uh I had uh uh the bats for bullets so you know those old school black and white videos that were like the propaganda videos where it's the narrator here's yeah. dotty hansen doing yeah. whatever like that is one of those things and old episodes of the simpsons they used to kind of make parodies of them and you'd sit and watch i loved all those old videos You're here's great. kit doing whatever and then you'd be like this is unbelievable to watch i loved the any quote from those old black marla and white hooch
2: what a hitter. Marloch,
1: what a hitter. And Helen then,
2: is also an accomplished coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, like
1: those, those videos, just that's, all those videos
2: did it for me. Leb. Uh, so mine are definitely going, Lovitz kills me in this movie. Uh, so he's got some of my favorites. Uh, like when the girls finally catch up on the train. Did you promise the cows you'd write? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when he walks into the barn the first time. Doesn't that hurt? Doesn't seem to. That would bruise the hell out of me when they're milking the cows. Like, I was in stitches (laughs) laughing at that. And then the final one, right before he's about ready to leave. Ah, dry your eyes. Yeah, I'm going to go home, grab a shower, and shave, and give the wife a little pickle-tickle, and then I'm on my way. I'll see (laughs) you. Like, just love it. He's just
0: amazing. Yeah, he killed it. I love John Lovitz in this one. I I wish there was more of him uh i think he he kicks the movie off perfectly though you get a lot you get a good dose of john lovitz early on in the movie he really gets you going it sets the tone uh and i think jimmy dugan had some doozies throughout the movie i thought he had some great ones see, i love the one where they were like oh jimmy you really turned your life around eh no i just couldn't afford it anymore like, still Talking about <laughs> avoid the clap jimmy dugan <laughs> yeah there's some Tim great ones and they were, they were captured in there see um, i think
1: like a lovitz character like to me Bits and pieces for like a bit of a time and then he's out. And yeah. I like if he was the whole couple hours of it, all right,
3: I'm yeah.
2: that
1: that whole twang, I'd be done. Like think
2: of just think of the scene where Lovitz is the wedding singer in the wedding oh, scene I was, and oh. then he's hiding behind like I kill myself still thinking about that. Scene. I, I I was thinking
0: it. about that when I was watching this. I'm like, nobody can move and shake like this. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was classic. Oh yeah. Let's move on to little known facts. So The All-American Girls Professional Baseball League was founded by Philip K. Wrigley from the Wrigley Gum Company. So that was what this Harvey Bar, uh, Walter Harvey, was based on, right? It was Wrigley, Uh, along with Branch Rickey. Branch Rickey has been, like, legend, just a legend, right? Like, just such a great human being.
1: He's transcended the game by bringing Jackie Robinson into it. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. He's behind a lot of the progressive things that have happened in the sport of baseball. He's he's at the heart of every one of them. Absolutely. Um so JR, you nailed it. This league existed from nineteen forty three to nineteen fifty four. Yes. Um and is the forerunner of women's professional league sports in all of the United States. Over six hundred women played in the league, which consisted of eventually ten teams located in the American Midwest. In nineteen forty eight, league attendance peaked at over nine hundred thousand. The most successful team was the Rockford Peaches, which won a league best four championships. Pretty cool. Yeah. So the storyline was actually inspired by the career of uh, baseball legend Dottie Collins. So instead of Dottie Henson, it was Dottie Collins. And Dottie Collins was actually a pitcher instead of a catcher. So she had a six-year career in which she pitched 17 shutouts. So back in those days, the pitchers actually finished their games. They didn't really have closers or relievers or anything like that. Yeah, you were throwing nine. So if you threw 17 shutouts, that's pretty legit. That's, that's awesome. Unbelievable. The characters at the Baseball Hall of Fame scene playing during the credit scenes when the credits are rolling are actually the original players from the league. Oh, that's cool. It was pretty cool. I, cool. I remember watching that scene. It's a nice and think, touch. Yeah, it was yeah, a really, was nice, a really nice touch to have them in there. And actually watching that scene, I was thinking, wow, these girls can play. Like whoever these ones were, like the mm. older ones. And I didn't realize until reading this that they were actually the players. And I'm like, whoa. They're, they're kind of legit Makes sense uh, So Lori Petty and Rosie O'Donnell Were far and away the best two actual baseball players Lori Petty actually played on a boys competitive team growing up She could play You you, you nailed it JR You mentioned actually both of them earlier in this podcast You said both of them in your mind could play the game uh, The thing for me that really nailed it Was when Lori Petty was got that inside the park home run When she rounded second base I was like wow Like she was trucking it and she had like good form she was pounding she had the pistons going she yeah. also went the other way
1: her roots yeah. around the or her roots around her angles you could tell like, uh, yeah this girl played some baseball she's like, not well. running down first base in a straight line no, you she, know? Like, she, she looked like
0: an athlete out. for sure the more mature Dottie and kid are actually played by lynn cartwright and kathleen butler but their voices are dubbed over by Gina Davis and Laurie Petty. I thought they did a really good job in this movie of the older characters matching them up with the younger ones. Yeah. the, the yeah. actresses that yeah, played the older actually ones, they look like them? They looked a lot like them. Like, it was to the point where I actually thought I I actually thought all the way up until I watched it again until Jazz pointed out to me because she was looking at it online, I thought that they had Gina Davis in makeup as an older person. Or yeah, like
2: some CG or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Like I thought back in the day they, would put some old person makeup yeah. on. I thought that was Gina Davis and old person makeup. That's yeah. how well they did it, the characters, in my opinion. Like give her like the Uncle Drew treatment, or I was what? say yes, thinking yeah. Uncle Drew. The part where Dottie Henson was ac- was actually written for Deborah Winger originally, and Lori Petty was was specifically cast based on her resemblance to Deborah Winger. They later ended up dyeing Lori Petty's hair red once Winger dropped out. And Gina Davis was slotted in. Apparently, mm. Deborah Winger dropped out because Madonna was cast to be in the movie, and she couldn't stand her or something along the lines. Oh, so Tom Hanks put on thirty pounds for the role by eating Dairy Queen every day. <laughs> that's amazing. That's <laughs> I like it. that's what I want. I want a job where I just get to eat Dairy just Queen. Just crush blizzards. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, all go all put, go
1: crush some peanut butter parfait. Come back in three months. Some
0: oh, dilly, dilly bars. I, I loved. I had Garden. a sad moment this year because last year they had a um, peanut butter O'Henry Blizzard And they dropped it this year And like I was crushed
1: I can't eat more than a mini Blizzard or my teeth hurt
0: So the original cut of the film was over 4 hours long While trimming down They ended up cutting over 60% of John Lovitz's scenes He was originally supposed to be in a lot more He was supposed to have a much more prominent role in the film so the film portrays the league as initially unpopular and unprofitable until demeaning gimmicks are used to attract male audiences. In actual reality, the league was very popular and profitable from the start, largely in part because the teams were playing in towns in the upper Midwest that had no way of watching live baseball. So you have to think of back in like 40s and 50s, they didn't have like ba- like live baseball on TV like we did right now, right? Absolutely not. So you had to go to the baseball game to actually see it. The advent of televised baseball in the early 50s is what ended up uh, leading to the demise of the popularity of the league. How does South Bend have a team?
2: And they're not called the Fighting Irish. They're called (laughs) the South Bend Blue Sox. Is that what they were called? That's what they were called. Oh,
1: good pickup. I think probably there might be a little infringement there. There would be some infringement. Who cares? Come on. (laughs) It's called homage. Let's call (laughs) them the
0: uh, Rocknees, maybe? There you go.
1: (laughs) South Bend Rocknees?
0: Uh, Penny Marshall's brother Gary Marshall played Walter Harvey, so we've seen him in a lot of things. And he was actually cast at the last minute because Penny couldn't afford her original choice for the part, which was Christopher Walken. Well, Walken would have been great in that role. You know, there two mice that fell into a bucket of cream. <laughs> the first
3: mouse gave up.
1: <laughs> the new Rochelle. <laughs>
2: John, my boy, we're talking back. <laughs>
1: He's <laughs> the boom and he's the jib
2: <laughs> like, he I forget um, three generations of large
1: family breeding <laughs>
0: so the studio originally wanted Jimmy and Dottie to get together in the movie there was even a kiss at one point and there is a there is a deleted scene where it's on YouTube if you want to look it up uh, but Penny Marshall insisted that she didn't want them to get together because she didn't want to distract audiences with a love story so Good it was cut. cut out
1: I agree 100% with Me us. too. I think Big it was cut. perfect. Yeah. There was no way that they could. No way. No. The whole time when I first saw this years ago, I was like, please do not. Yeah. And I thank you that you didn't.
0: No. You would totally I would have lost t- a lot of respect
2: for You would her. totally turn on Dottie. You would. You'd turn on you Dotty. Totally you'd totally turn, turn on, on Dottie. Jimmy. And and it Jimmy, takes, I, mean, it, yeah. I mean, it fits kind of Jimmy's downward spiral, but you would yeah, totally yeah. turn on both of them. And
1: it, he's in a position of power, yeah. and you're like, no, yeah, this just, is not right. It's Don't just not this.
0: right at all, and I'm glad they didn't do it. Good for Penny. It's so much better
1: Penny. of a movie that that never happened, yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. Laurie Petty caused herself to bleed during her scenes with John Lovitz because she had to constantly bite her tongue <laughs> to stop from laughing at his comedic acting. <laughs> That's
2: amazing. That's funny.
0: In Evansville, Indiana, where Racine Games in the World Series was filmed, Madonna was so rude to citizens, hotel and restaurant staff, and other locals that her reputation is still tarnished there. She even spoke poorly of the city in re- interviews. I stand by my earlier opinion. There you go. Her, her ego, life is
2: attention-seeking behavior. Yeah,
0: her ego was like just horrific. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, this is this is kind of cool, Jr. You nailed this earlier. So Tom Hanks's character Jimmy Dugan is loosely based on the real life of baseball slugger Jimmy Fox. It's funny though, like. I, I never thought about Jimmy Fox, but it makes a lot of yeah. sense after reading Ted Williams' autobiography, where he talks about him. But uh, the thing with Jimmy Dugan from the beginning, where I I thought it really reminded me of Mickey Mantle, the knee injury, hundred percent, the booze, going off like having really and... good having really good career numbers, but could have had much better the
1: the bombs, the ribbies, all could have that played kind of five stuff. more years,
0: yeah, all that stuff. Like he, he, still had an amazing Hall of Fame career, but he could have just been that much better.
1: You know, it's kind of funny, Jamie. You sent a picture of was it Mickey Mantle or was it the vintage baseball site had Mickey, picture Mickey Mantle? I forget today. Yeah. And it had Mickey Mantle a big smile and his teeth were just as yellow as can be. Like, yeah. Like you're just like, little dip, little dip darts, you name it, and yeah, it's one of those things a, that just takes you down. Hard lifestyle. Hard lifestyle. And I
0: loved Mickey Mantle. He's one of my like one of my favorite ballplayers of all time. It's just he's Mike Trout of his time. He was. He he was just. He could have been so much better, but he he was already iconic, right? Yeah, absolutely. How good he was. So the concept in the movie is that Major League Baseball was actually shut down during the war. This isn't actually true. MLB continued and they actually filled the vacant roster spots with minor leaguers. Uh, Many of the minor leagues were actually shut down during the war, and this is where the All American Girls Professional Baseball League filled the void. That's why the teams are all based in small Midwestern towns. So that was one thing they kind of alluded to in the movie, that major leagues were being shut down and this was the thing. It's actually the minor leagues that were shut down and that's why we're seeing it in small towns. Sean Young and Demi Moore were both considered for the part of Dottie. Demi Moore had to back out because she became pregnant. So Penny Marshall remarked that Bruce Willis literally screwed her out of the part. (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> that's a little Vernon and Shirley uh, comedy coming. Oh. Away. So that
2: was good. I I had a question. I was talking about this with Mrs. Webster. Who would you recast if you're going to remake this movie? Because you know that eventually it's probably going to get remade. Because that's what Hollywood seems to do these days. I think this one for sure will. Yeah, hundred yeah. like percent. So like it the Don Rosie O'Donnell Anderson. character to me, that's like a, a Melissa McCarthy. Yes, right. Like yes. it's it's a it's an easy one, or like an it. Amy Amy Schumer or something like that. Amy like, Schumer, yeah, like something pretty similar. Although I uh, know nah, I think Melissa McCarthy. I have one for all the May, I,
1: all the way May. Katy Perry. Oh, ooh,
2: I'd put Katy. Perry Katy all Perry. All so who's that's your a bold one? Who's your Gina Davis? Is it like is Sandra Bullock too old at this point? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Ooh. Gina who else James. you got? Who's
2: your leading lady? Who's going in there?
1: Jennifer Lawrence. I was going to say, but I haven't seen
2: her in a lot lately. Jennifer Lawrence. I'm she thinking of like okay.
1: Silver Linings Playbook. Ooh, yeah. That's a good call. I'd go Jennifer Lawrence on that one. And then, so who's Kit? No. Who's Kit? Ooh. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know who I'd put in there. I'm just kidding. Joking. Um, I don't know who I'd put in as Kit. Yeah. Uh, Did-
0: you know the tough thing about remaking... It's a tough one. You know what's tough about remaking this movie, and they'll have to spin it a little bit? How are you going to just remake it with all white people now? You can't. I thought that 100% too. You know what I mean? Like, And that's yeah. that would be true to the, the time period. Exactly. But I'll get into it right now, actually. So the you know the scene where the the ball clips over into foul territory, and the um, they have the black yep. woman that comes out and throws yep. a rope? Yeah. And then she kind of gives a nod and smile. So... Penny Marshall wanted that in the movie to basically show that this these were the times in 43 the leagues weren't integrated but there were actually amateur like leagues for for black women that were like kind of similar to the I hate to use the term but the negro leagues for the guys yeah. so there actually were good yeah. uh black female baseball players at the time playing in the amateur leagues so to speak for sure um in barnstorming tours or whatever we mm-hmm. may be so they were it was just like the men's where it wasn't integrated you had like josh gibson satchel page and stuff but they had the the female versions of that so that was an homage to that and also penny marshall wanted to state that like this was us depicting the time period and we weren't just casting a bunch of white girls to play baseball so i always thought that that would have been a really cool segue into a sequel where they could have had integrate, even though it probably didn't. I don't think the women's I don't league think ever the league was around
2: long enough. or was it?
0: It didn't get. It wasn't around long enough to be integrated. But it would have been cool as like a kind of a parallel, whatever, like parallel universe story or story. story yeah. yeah. Where they integrate the league, kind of like they did with the men's league. And, and I thought that would have been a cool segue into a a fictional sequel in a way. Yeah, you know? cool. I like. it. Maybe It'd be that's more the modern, new story.
1: Maybe modern and engaging. Be like, oh, copyright that Jamer, So when yeah. your idea gets <laughs> stolen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's me, Kevin, Maybe point. that's <laughs>
0: the new story, right? Like, maybe that's how you do a, or a, a movie nowadays. Is like you you mm. actually kind of do a fictional. That's a really neat viewpoint. Line point. Yeah. Well, and that's
2: really cool that she had the forth, uh, foresight to kind of see see that. And I think you know you touched on it earlier with the whole even the 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 piece about women and the respect that they had at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had to look it up because one of the things that I was questioning was <clears throat> there's a scene where. Uh, When they're leaving When Dottie's leaving When her husband comes back And she's driving And I'm like Women driving in the 1940s? Is that a yeah. thing? And then we My wife and I looked it up And it was Yeah, it's in certain states If you like lived on a farm Or if you had You know, basically it was you're allowed to drive if you're in no. If it's an emergency, you're allowed to operate something.
0: Oh, okay. that was the way. it was. That was it. It, it was, was like it. more or less
2: to that extent. Like it was pretty brutal.
0: Good so, pickup. Good pickup. Yeah, even just adding that in, I thought it was kind of cool. So let's jump into the soundtrack. So this movie was scored by Hans Zimmer, um, absolute I, legend, by the way. He's amazing. Like you think of all the movies he's done. Like he's got so many iconic uh, film credits. Uh, I didn't feel a lot of Zimmer in this movie. There wasn't a lot. You know how some movies there's a lot of Zimmer. This movie, I, I felt like he pulled a lot of other works into it. There wasn't a ton of like Zimmer. Like I, I think of Zimmer, I think of like Rain Man's got a ton of Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Lion King, he won an Academy Award for. But for like sure.
2: when I think of this, it's it also plays heavy on the nostalgia feel. Yes, and so that's where you, that's the impact you feel the Zimmer effect, right? Like. I mean, other than John Williams, I don't think there's anybody that uh, is probably more renowned than than Zimmer. Yeah, uh, the the two of them basically run train over Hollywood in terms of soundtracks and, and scoring, um, and they've been doing it since like the '70s and '80s. So, Killin'em. shout out to uh, music for film and television at McMaster. I learned all that a uh, great great
0: <laughs> course. Awesome. awesome. Average school. Average. School. Walk and talk faster. You go to McMaster, buddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, there was some good stuff. I thought the, the, the pieces like "Choo Choo Chibugi and all those ones like that was really, really how nice amazing does that bar look? Oh, like that bar looks god. like it would what be is so time. much fun
2: between oh, that on. and the train ride. I was like, I would love to be on that train ride when they're riding the train back. How about the how about the dance scene with Madonna and oh, the, like, oh my god! Like Ew, I thought the soundtrack was great. I'll I'll agree with everything except the the Madonna now and forever song. Every time I hear it I it like makes it. it makes me want to puke. Really? Like it is I love one of those it. songs that is like the ultimate mood killer. I thought this movie was on such yeah. a high and it, honestly and I'm not trying I didn't to make, like it. I'm not trying to make light of this it, it, it's one of those like it a I, I want it. it's a total downer. It a it's downer. a depresso song. But it is I love it. I think it's amazing with uh, the black and white photos. I think it's fantastic. It's supposed to be one of those like funny moments, you know, like one of those high it's like an uplifting movie and then to end with that like it's
1: just such a
2: I didn't but like it, it either. I it didn't is like a
1: it. down because their league ended. Oh, they're league celebrating ended. their league. They just they are Got into the hall of fame. Like they're in the hall of fame, but there's something about like the nostalgia of playing that song right. with a black and white, black and white. You're on an island here, photo. JR. Yep. well, I'm from an island, so I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna be fine. But I love
0: it. All right, uh, let's wrap this baby up. Where do you boys have this in baseball movies, as far as rankings, and where do you have it as all-time sports movies? Baseball movies is in the top four. Oh wow.
1: yeah, hands down. I grew up with this movie. I had uh, sisters, I had cousins, aunts, uncles, whatever. Uh, I remember my aunt taking my two sisters to the movie theater to watch this one and coming back saying how great it was. This one's pretty high for me. Uh, I have it in sports movies. I probably have it in my top ten or eleven for sure. It is. You talk to people. This is one of those movies people love.
2: This is your perfect date night movie. You can throw on with the misses. Um, the fact that Madonna's in it is usually a, a hit for females our generation, a little bit older I like the relatable character relationships you know, the, the sibling piece so it's good in terms of baseball movies it would rank probably in my top 10 but not definitely not in my top 5 and I would say it's probably in terms of my sports movies
0: just inside I'd put it at like 14 maybe I've got it in my top 5 baseball and I've got it just inside my top 10 in all-time sports. I like the fact that it was based on a true story. And it's it's about powering women in sports. And, in a, and in, especially in an era where that really wasn't something that was even on anybody's mind. So I thought it was the for right of like Branch Rickey and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Mr. Mm-hmm. Wrigley. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty amazing. So I thought it was pretty cool in that sense. And obviously we've, we've had a lot of people really wanting us to put this one on the pod. So I think that speaks to the impact of this movie. So yeah, I've got it. Top five, baseball, top ten.
2: I was going to say, it does definitely hold up. It's one of those movies. I haven't watched it years before watching it again this week. And it's Mm -hmm. definitely one of those ones where I, I, when we finished it, I looked at my wife and I said, I actually really enjoyed watching that again. Like, I hadn't seen it in
0: so long. Yeah, I just got to make a couple of notes before we sign off. Um, Did anyone notice that the youngest grandson travels twice while they're playing basketball at the start of the movie? Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> like, but he's taking
0: it easy on him. The older yeah. brother's taking it easy on him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the then
2: younger fly. brother's kill gonna him. kill him.
0: Kill yeah. him. I don't know if I note yeah. about that. I'm like, kill you, him. You don't get to kill him while you travel twice. Oh, Sorry. It's in the driveway. No. <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> They're not playing bump, let's put it that way. They're playing legit one on one at least. One last thing I want to say. Did you guys pick up on one of the race scene pitchers? We talked about Ta Leone being the first baseman. Do you know who one of the pitchers were for AC? No, I
2: did not. I did, I don't know if I'm on the same wavelength. Janet
0: Jones, a.k.a. What? Janet Come on. Gretzky. This is Gretzky? The first lady of hockey? The first lady of hockey Come on. was in this movie. Post-Police Academy? Polo- wow. Post-Police Academy? I'm going to Post- have to go back and flamingo watch it. flamingo Kid. Wow. wow. And actually, Gary Marshall wrote the screenplay and directed the Flamingo Kid which starred Janet Jones and Matt Dillon. Really? Anyway, nice little cameo for uh, the first lady of hockey. I did not know that. Yep. We want to tell the fans where we can, uh, they can hit us up? Web. Yeah,
2: thanks again, everybody, for listening and engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. And please continue to engage with us on Twitter at Big League Flicks and on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. And uh, until next time, we'll see you next week. Take us
1: out, Steve O. Thanks, everybody. sports and the glitz and the glamour got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing soundtracks and music they'll rate all these things was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings
0: in junk have a giggle comedy drama romance did the film deliver six to noon in my
1: pants with their big bag of tricks these podcast critics jordan christian and jammer with big league flicks
0: jordan christian and jammer with big league flicks jordan christian and jammer